This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. live now with the classic face rip podcast here on youtube.com slash the evil dm this will also be available for those that wish to audio download it and the classic face rip.com website join me today is a former host from the past matt matt from roll for initiative podcast joined us first season of the show took a little bit of a hiatus and now he's back matt how you doing man oh doing well it's glad to actually be podcasting and do or actually in this case we're doing some video go up here on youtube so no it's glad to be back good to talk to you again and talking about some classic marvel yeah i know i mean it's been a long time but you know this is how we do things now video casting and yeah. audio casting so yeah the the audio only is second class citizens at this point in the world no not at all <laughs> there are some people that just like audio but we like to do both now so that's yeah. how we were doing it for the uh, entire second season of this show and that's how we're doing it going forward for this new season here starting over uh hopefully keith will be able to join us next episode where we have it uh in probably a couple weeks he did give me an email which i did not realize that he sent was late late last night saying that his laptop was still out of commission so that's why he was not able to get back to me because he has no way of getting on the internet except if he has a phone. I'm not even sure about that. I would assume he has a show, but I mean a yeah, phone. But yeah, you would hope he had some way to send the email, but that could also be ten can and string like some of the uh, internet connections I've had in the past. If you've listened to the live audio of RFI, well, let's not again get into that because RFI is dead and we buried it with that last episode. Yes dead never coming back please don't bother us because we have this show we have you know what i still get people bothering me all the time when you bring it back rfi (laughs) no it's not coming back maybe in 20 years you get an anniversary episode until then until then you're gonna have to deal with this show classic face rip so anyway it's been probably thinking of my watch here about one year since this show actually had an episode, because I think it was October 2019 in the beginning-ish when we uh, had an episode. So it's been one full year. So we're rising from the ashes like Fin Fang Foom, yeah. and we're doing a show. Uh, I don't know how regular this show is going to be because we're going to focus on community material only. Uh, as far as rules are concerned and how that works – that will be uh you can read those yourself the books have been around 30 years or whatever 40 years at this point so if you can't figure that out then i don't know what to tell you no you can ask us questions obviously if you have anything uh, you want us to answer and uh i don't even know what our email address is at this point so i'm just gonna it give my bullpen out. at uh classic face trip because it was, was bull- it? yeah because we made bullpen uh I'm renewing the domain, so you should think I would have that memorized by now because it's actually up in a couple of days, and I just renewed it. So, awesome. but yeah, it was bullpen at classicfacerip.com, I believe. Yes, the, the, yeah, 
Classic Face Rip Podcast. Do, do, do. Yeah. Bullpen at classicfacerip.com. Nice. Okay. So you can email us there for the show, or you can head over to uh, classicfacerip.com and you can, I think you can click on email us there and you can directly email us. Do you still have some t-shirts from the early episodes of uh, Steve? We actually have a live chat here, so I'm looking at it right here. Steve Watson says, glad to have you back, Matt. And oh, it's good um, to be back. Do you still have some t-shirts from the early episodes of what, this show? Well, we did have a t-shirt. Yeah, I don't even know if it's still available anymore, to be honest. But uh, we'll, we'll take a look and see if there is anything for you there. So... Anyway, you can also head over to the Marvel Superheroes RPG, the unofficial canon project group on Facebook. And there you can see all the projects being worked on by the community. And just trying to distribute the uh, episode out so everybody knows we're live now, finally, because some people came by and then they left. And yeah, because unfortunately, you know, Matt can't read. Yeah, I can't read. I've been away from gaming for a while, doing the uh, playing video games and whatnot that don't require actual letters and words. So, <laughs> hey, Joe Fisher, welcome to the chat. Anyway, so while we've been gone, there has been a slew of things released by the community. And just to give you a list of what we have, we have uh, Reed Richards' Guide to the Universe. We have Marvel Vampires, Monsters Unleashed, uh, Bring On the Bad Guys Volume 2, Anita Blake Vampire Hunter Handbook, New Warriors Book 1, the original series, Realms of the Occult, Rampage, Street Wars, Africa in the Middle East, The Hand, The Darkhold, Weapon X, Monster Frankenstein, <laughs> Monster of Frankenstein, and the Tome of Dracula, Realm of Magic, Wait, is that the same thing? No, Tomo Dracula and Realms of Magic Judges Judges Screen. Ah, that was a tongue twister. I didn't put a space yeah. on that one. Realms of Magic Judges Screen. Thank you. Woo! So we have all those things there. You can head over to their Facebook page and do it. I don't think they're... Well, they may have been released on ClassicMarvel.com or ClassicMarvelForever.com. I'm not sure how fast... Uh, Cutter, I believe his name is, gets them up. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure how fast he transfers them over, but I'm pretty sure he's pretty good at that, uh, transferring those back and forth so everybody knows uh, what's going on. So with that said, we're going to take two things from that list tonight, and we're just going to take a little look at them to give you guys an idea of what the community themselves can do. Now, I've chosen... I just randomly picked something and not because of any other reason, but I, I picked the Nita Blake vampire hunter handbook mm -hmm. and Matt, you picked Marvel vampires. Yes. Two nice little companion pieces. I must say. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to hunt Matt's book, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to actually just see Sigmund, the penguin. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually am not familiar with Anita Blake at all. I didn't, ever read the comic book series guilty pleasures at all so when i read this for the first time i was like this is actually a pretty cool comic book setting that i would have yeah. probably read in the 90s if i knew it existed yeah it was actually based off a series of novels first that turned into the comic book and 
from friends that have read the novels, it they started off really good and then they turned into vampire erotica. Wow. So, but that's where Sigmund the Penguin comes in and all of that kind of fun stuff. Reading this, uh, it kind of reminded me of... <laughs> I see a cat going by. Yes. Kind of reminded me of uh, if like pre-Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel all mixed into one. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. It's just a different take on that kind of setup. And it, But yeah, it's actually a really cool setting and would be great to integrate into the, any sort of vampire hunter occult uh, campaign. I mean, just it's made for comic books, really. It is. So this is what the cover I'm sharing my screen right now, Matt. We're on the side as opposed to... Uh on full screen but it's actually a cool looking setup yeah but uh this is the cover of the book uh it's one of the cover of the comic books obviously but it really looks sharp they did a good job on this and this one was done by lewis danoff andrew goldstein killian gray keith kilberg and steve jolly were basically the ones that were behind this entirely let me just center this up a little bit so this book is obviously rated a little bit more, I guess, risque by the community is for younger audiences out there because of the nature of the book, the blood and the semi. I don't think anybody's actually nude, but there are some people in uh, lewd outfits in this thing. Yes. Yes. It kind of in line with the book series, really. So it fits. How? How many novels was it? You say it was uh, oh, bad. it was a whole series. I mean, I kind of lost track because Anita Blake. I remember first hearing about this series in the mid two thousands. Yeah, hmm. so it's been around for a very long time. I honestly have never heard of it. Didn't know it existed, and until I read this. But anyway, this is part of the guilty pleasures. Uh... Yep, twenty one books. If so, oh, you just match yeah. through that. <laughs> yes. Another callback. Yes, and Matt Fu. Anyway, so the breakdown basically of this is you get a general brief overview of the world itself and gives you a little bit of background on her and where the book that she was a part of, setting up things. And it really is, I mean, reading this, I was just like, damn, man, I want to go get out my like buffy and angel books and start playing a game like a role-playing game of that but or basically run this world because i'm because this is the shit that i really love is vampires hunting things like that and you know just the lore going on so anyway you get a brief i shouldn't say brief two almost two pages of history of of her and overview pretty much and then you get breakdowns of each of the characters the main characters going towards the minor characters in this book and obviously they designated her as Earth not Earth. Wow. Earth nine seven five three four. I thought they cleared up all the Earth things. Uh I kinda lost track because there was that whole contest of champions where they were kind of merged and, and then I kind of stopped reading Marvel. <laughs> so I am not current. Cause we'll actually reference in the other book kind of where I fell off with one of the characters that I was curious to check out yeah i'm not very current on marvel myself i'm more of a dc person and i've been current on that entirely and uh i don't know but i'm i was really interested in reading 
all these characters in here and they give you a good I'm not one to use established characters too much in any of my games. I mean, if it's a Star Wars game, yeah, sure, maybe I'll, you know, Darth Vader might show up. If it's a Marvel game, you know, like my Marvel game, I had like the X-Men show up for like one scene or had a big bad guy show up. Uh, They had Doom in a couple episodes, but he was more of a background character that was luring the players in, should I say the, the characters into the story didn't really play a big part in the story i don't really like using established characters but with that said if i was going to use just this book and give the players the option to pick certain characters out of this book i don't think they'd have a problem because a lot of the stuff is right here that you need yeah i mean it's just the detail that was put in you could tell they actually did their research into the whole world and lore of it and um, most of your players will won't have already have predetermined frames of reference most likely and the roommate is now making an appearance in the background wave hi to the internet oh, hi. hi roommate okay <laughs> not realizing we were live on the googles yes on the googles anyway so they go into depth about all the main characters in this and the minor minor characters and this character so reminded me when I was reading the character of uh, what was uh, oh I can't think of Wesley from uh, Angel I don't know yeah. why as soon as I saw the picture and I started reading I'm like dude this has this he's the Watcher me. yeah he reminds me of the Watcher I was just like <laughs> but it is an absolutely cool done book I love how the Marvel books by this community copies exactly how TSR did it and not missing a beat yeah. I know Steve Jolly did a whole YouTube. Uh, video for like I think it was like two and a half hours or three hours he did where it was just him doing layout showing people how to do layout like this oh, in yeah. word not, oh. not word. in design not in you know like yeah what are the other ones the beta ones I can't yeah there's, there's like quark is like an older one and yeah all the different yeah, layouts but in word that is fantastic yeah. my dude uses word <laughs> yeah and the great thing about these, I'm someone who actually has all of the original Marvel handbooks in a binder. Yeah. So yeah. I can easily take these, print them all out, and throw them in my binder. And it looks like it belongs. It's fantastic. So, uh, hold on a second. Anyway, so we have the main characters. I want to go back to the uh, page here. So we get the main characters here. We got a whole list of them. And then what's even better is now we get some explanation about vampires themselves and other supernatural characters. So you can run them or include them into your game if you don't want to use this setting. But yeah. you want you like how the vampires are. You like how the ghouls are. You like how the monsters are in this world. You got a whole entire setting here. I mean, yeah. basically, you could pick and choose out of here what you want to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, this very much opens you up so you could run like a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill or something like that, that type of style and feel campaign just from having those base zombies and vampires and just uh, suit the supernatural. So, I mean, it's just fantastic. Uh, Stephen Watson is saying the multiverse reduction has come and gone. The uh, <laughs> The unofficial canon project still refers to the earth designations in the related books okay so they're following along with it regardless of what marvel is doing which is probably the best thing to do anyway yeah 
yeah because just having that fork is probably a smart so and okay so on top of that now okay so you got your characters you got some monsters that you can play with and move around whatever now we go to the actual like settings and locations of it so all the major events that were like repeated used over and probably um big storylines i'm thinking or main points of the story are all broken down here starting on page 60 so we got 90 pages of just a supplement uh, yeah, different location and events. So we we have the Church of Eternal Life, and it goes on with the characters that are involved with that. If you didn't have it, uh, Dead Daves. I have known nothing about this series other than just what I read here, and I love yeah. <laughs> love reading everything about this. So I actually made. I didn't know these were novels, so I may actually go grab one of the novels because you said it was pretty good in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you'll start to see it trend more towards vampire erotica, like in yeah, the like, middle of it and that's when you kind of just want to jump off i can see what it's, here it becomes risque here i guess i don't know yeah <laughs> yep i mean because it are because that's a thing with just vampires in general there's always that seduction to it that yeah. so i mean considering it's part of their power and it's always been part of the the western lore of vampires anyway well, I can assure you when I was playing uh, Vampire the Masquerade in the late 90s, early 2000s, just about every role-playing game session we have, there was something sexual involved with the vampires, no matter what. Yep. And the funny thing was, it, it wasn't the guys. It was the girls in the group <laughs> doing it. Because we had the GM or the storyteller was a girl, and then I had three other girls, and there were two guys. And us two weren't doing it. They were initiating it. We were just sitting there going, oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, you're right. Vampire sexualization, uh, all roll in hand to hand. It's, you know, how things are do. At least it didn't sparkle. That's a good thing. Yeah. So we get all the locations here for you to use inside of your game, whether you want to use it with this setting or actually just take pieces of it. Maybe you want to use the strip club. Maybe you want to use the church of eternal life as part of your story, but you don't want exactly what you have here. You have the idea and the concept down here for you. Maybe you want to use the same people. We just change the names. I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah. This is more your typical Marvel handbooks is just like a, a list of characters and it's just all the characters. This is more like one of the box sets almost when, because you have the settings you have more of the campaign world that you don't necessarily get in some of the other handbooks. It's just a, a roster of heroes and villains. So this is like a a complete package just to create a world. And I think that's great. So yeah, you can just pick and choose. You don't even have to use all of it. Just maybe like a location just to integrate that little seed in your existing Marvel world. So that way it's there, but you don't have to draw attention to it if you don't want to make that the focus, but it could be a subplot. Yeah. And you get everything in here plus more and plus a lot of semi-nudity type things going on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, I, but as was said here in the chat, this title will probably be under the max line, if anything. Yeah. The max line was what? That late was 90s? Late 90s, early 2000, Garth yeah. Ennis. <laughs> yeah. Which I, 
I didn't really care for the Max line. I mean, I, I was a big Punisher fan at that end because I was whole heavily into Batman and everything yeah. and you know the darkness and, and Punisher from the you know early nineties and everything. I'm and I didn't like what they did with the Punisher in that. So eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Punisher's always been a character that he'll have good runs and then he's just kind of there when they lose sight of what they're trying to tell with him. Frank and Punisher. Oh god. Or Punisher with the war machine armor. Yeah, I didn't quite I was, understand that one myself. But. Yeah, that's when I that was when I I was still getting the Punisher comics, which actually I still do. But those I just kind of bought them to add to the collection, and they went straight to the filing box. <laughs> I didn't even read them. Yeah, I kind of gave up on Marvel when I was reading it when he was the War Machine, and then right after when that other guy I can't think of his name took over, and it became well more very very political like to me, and I was just like, nope, yep. out. Yeah, they. Then they rebooted it after that because Marvel cannot help but reboot things. And it was actually it was actually pretty good because it was Punisher uh basic basically dealing with Baron Zemo mm -hmm. who had the island, and then yeah. he Punisher gets has a jigsaw pretend to be Punisher, and Punisher gets framed for a bunch of stuff he didn't do, so he gets thrown in jail on Baron Zemo's island, and that wasn't too bad. But yeah, anyway. I, I gave up on it then. And I was, I've been reading more DC than anything else, but that's not what this podcast is about. No. Nope. So that's pretty much that book. It's done really well. It's 91 pages. Segment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There. You happy? Yes. You're Sigmund the Penguin? Yes. Yeah. That is her sidekick, the pink mm -hmm. Sigmund the Penguin. Was that in the novels too? Yes. Sigmund was in the novels. <laughs> the the con because yeah his first appearance appearance was in the book in 1993 that's how long this series has been around the comics weren't until the 2000s hmm. wait so oh okay i see the okay i was thinking it has guilty pleasures here in 1993 that's when the comic came out i didn't realize they're referencing the book itself yeah oh okay uh, that i didn't understand i thought they were referencing the comic i did had no idea so whatever but yeah we have everything here you need to run a game uh and they even have some maps for you if you want yep. to uh, let me zoom out over here so people could see this yeah you can head over to youtube.com slash the evil dm and look up the classic face for podcast we have a hell of a lot of episodes on video here and this is one of them uh episode number 23 we're back so you can see the maps here that they have uh in case you're interested in listening to the audio version of this and you want to see some visuals of matt and our pretty faces yes uh surprise screen. running by my roommate <laughs> as long as she stays clothed it doesn't matter dude. Yeah. i don't care <laughs> but well maybe anyway uh <laughs> so these are the maps 91 pages hopefully you will go grab it from facebook Go to the uh, unofficial Canon Project, unofficial Canon Project, yeah, group, or you can go to classicmarvelforever.com, and I believe Cutter should have them as out. Yeah, this is definitely appropriate for uh, Halloween discussion or pre-Halloween discussion. Yeah. Uh, hey, Rick Anderson, how's it going, man? Anyway, so Matt, what are you gonna do? You're gonna do Marvel Vampires? Yes, correct? the vampires. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, it's Halloween. We need to do something a little. On season, and what better way is than the Marvel Vampires? This book 
for me, I've never been into the horror genre of the Marvel world. Uh, no, hmm. no, I've never got it like like Tomb of Dracula and all that stuff from a lot of it had that, their origins in the 70s when that was the thing. Wasn't uh, there an entire Earth vampire uh, the multiverse for all the characters were vampires? Yeah, it's just like there's the Marvel zombies and there's all kinds of wackiness when you go deep into it. But as for just like 616 Marvel, a lot of that is coming from this. The roots are in those 70s comics. And when you go through this book, you'll start getting some really interesting, like deep cuts of characters that are from that period. And so that was like, oh, this is like a whole genre that I've just never been exposed to. And then when you get into just like the content, everything in the Marvel world of vampires, it's Dracula based. Dracula is the guy. And it he has a lot of similarities to like our real world ish mm-hmm. uh, myth and legends of vampires. So they're drawing from that inspiration, but making it their own Marvel, just like they do with everything else. How unlike DC, Marvel's based in are the uses real world places and real world cities. So they're also pulling from real world, real world lore for I'm vampires twisted. as well. Yes. So. Yeah, so I was going through this, and it was like, the first thing that caught my eye is I went to the table of contents and was skimming it. I'm like, hell cow? What the hell? So at that point, it's like they had a vampire cow where Dracula was weak and needed to feed on something. So he drank the blood of a cow. Yeah, there's Dracula. And yeah, he is like the first, the one that rules them all. And there is a whole story arc we'll get into. I thought there was about, page 20. I was trying to get to that hell cow that you were yeah, talking about. Oh, it's page 28. Okay, I misread that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Dracula <laughs> feeds on it and makes a vampire cow. And of course, the, you know the character is going to interact with the vampire cow, right? Deadpool. Yeah. It's a Deadpool. Of course. Of, of course. course. And then they're and the poor demise of it's like they're yeah. So it was just like, what is this? But it's almost like one of those Peter Porker type things is what I was first thinking. But yeah, so that just struck me as interesting. And the, yeah, then you end up with the whole time loop of Deadpool warning, Deadpool and Hellcow when they got captured together. Be careful of the sun. And then they walk outside and Hellcow dies. And then so Deadpool goes back in time to try to fix it and sees Deadpool eating a hamburger. <laughs> and yeah, an event, but eventually they work it out. So Hellcow is okay for anyone concerned. But with Hellcow and every other vampire, you start to see though, there's like a base set of powers. That all vampires in the Marvel Universe get. This is like the template you could stick on any character and they have it. So when you get into their undead form, you could just pick anyone. It's pretty much identical for every character, that undead form template. And even the creatures of the night. So the like with Jubilee, she's the one that was actually involved in when I kind of fell off Marvel. The whole storyline, how she became a vampire. And then it also coincided with the whole... Wait, this is... X-Men's Jubilee? Yes. She got, yeah. As a wave, there was a, a Zarus. Dracula's dead. 
in the Marvel world at this time. And Zarus is trying to unite all the vampire clans and take the place of Dracula. So he needs, he wants to like, and the X-Men are in, are in Utopia. So what he does is he finds Jubilee, kind of charms her. And so, well, no, she gets an exploding gimmick that basically makes you, infects you with vampirism, but not permanent. So she gets an attraction to Zarus, sneaks out from the X-Mansion to go meet up with him, where he bites her and turns her into a vampire, at which point the X-Men need to go save Vampire Jubilee. So what they do is they nullify Wolverine's healing factor, infect him with vampirism, let him get bitten so he can become a vampire and then be part of the vampire team. Then he, then his healing factor kicks back on, bites off the vampirism, and they also, during this time, resurrected Dracula to fight Zarus as well. That's how convoluted this crap was getting. So, but yeah, Jubilee's currently a vampire in the Marvel Universe. So, yeah, and it was around this time you also had Scott Summers becoming the super dick uh, during uh, Phoenix Force. And at that point, I stopped reading Marvel. X-Men. Well, they, 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 uh, I don't know, it was like four or five years, maybe three, four years ago, they did uh, X-Men 92, the comic. I don't know if yeah. you picked that up. Oh, they no, did I didn't. They did a vampire arc in that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jubilee was a vampire in that too, I believe. I don't know. It's been so long since I read that. But I mean, because I was so pumped when that comic came out. I was like, a continuation of the actual, you know, cartoon series? All right. And of course, they canceled that. But because people liked it. That's why. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they did a whole vampire world thing. So that's why I was like, wasn't there a vampire? And I started looking into it. There was one of the various Earths of vampires. But yeah. But yeah, that's your vampire jubilee. But yeah, you get you basically have that template of the that you can just throw the undead form, the creatures of the night, the vampiric movement. That's pretty much consistent for every ca- vampire character. So you yeah. just drop that on anyone, and you now have your vampire Captain America or whatever you want to do. So, but yeah, so and then a lot of these, when you go and look at them, they're all all their first appearances are from those seventies comics and. So you can tell there's like research, deep research like this one. Dracula lives 1974. That was the first appearance. And I've never heard of Nicholas Borida before this. So. So, yeah, I mean, you've got your deep cuts of vampires. So if you have players that are really into the Marvel lore and more contemporary ish. You can pull out vampires they're not going to expect unless they're they're really into the like seventies because that's how deep this went. So, and then it this even later on goes into there's vampires in Marvel that aren't actually vampires like Morbius. He's got like the vampire traits, but his wasn't from being bit by a vampire. He got his power through a scientific accident that made him a vampire and so they even have a section on those types of characters or and like celine the psychic vampire and and then of course we get into the vampire hunters as well of the marvel world so you got your blade you got your hannibal king your rachel van helsing's if you want to go the uh hell van helsing route because we are still are pulling from real worldish myth so oh, they they fixed uh, with House of X. They fixed Jubilee, no longer a vampire. Oh, thanks, they did. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Uh, 
Marvel. It's uh, with so many. How many reboots in the past five years have they had? It almost feels like they have one like every other year. But yeah, the, but yeah, this book it's just got a little of everything, and it has some deep cuts that is are, I really like. And then also with the Anita Blake, you could have your Anita Blake sl- Rachel Van Helsing team up too. So you could have your Thelma uh, and Louise of Vampire Hunters there going around just staking and killing everything. And there's one right here on the screen, 1939. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it for the deep. Yeah, that's what I was most interested in. I'm like, oh, these are all characters I haven't heard of that that don't really get played, but they went in and dug those out like the old Marvel handbooks would. And I th- just thought that was just great. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one to look up because you could always introduce just one. You don't have to go full on vampire. You could just have one going around working behind the scenes because a lot of these just blend into everyday life. There's some of these are just my, uh, normal people, but vampires on the side. <laughs> So, yeah, a light bending amulet, huh? Yes, some little powers going on here. I mean, yeah. some uh, items going on for your game as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the uh, now we're into the, the part of the, the vampires that aren't true vampires under Dracula's clan. So, yeah, ball, and yeah, it, is, it has the whole backstory on how they be got these bloodstorm, an alternate universe storm, bit, bitten by a vampire because there was a whole story arc where storm got bitten by dracula and i think it was like in the 80s and so that's that universe's storm is a vampire they used her in x-men 92 as well that comic because yeah. i was okay. kind of confused on that character because i'm not really a big x-men reader i only watched the comics i've read a very few comics in the 90s and the 80s for them so yeah yeah Major i would events. yeah it was like i was reading the x-men pretty religiously in the 90s around the basically the jim lee x-men one from there that's where i got into the x-men i read some backwards and then fell off in like the mid uh 2010s morbius who's pops around in all kinds of characters uh books the good guy vampire <laughs> but yeah but my, the 90s is when was the pinnacle for marvel i think to be honest i mean yeah when i people i talk to people about marvel comics they're always like the 90s the 90s the 90s so yeah the 90s is when they the comics themselves had their most popularity comics was kind of fad as much as just a part of culture and then eventually, as the internet picked up and Marvel started to get more into, let's make foils and let's make issue number ones to get the collector's market because that market was just on fire then. And that's why so many of the comic books from then aren't worth crap unless you have like the random issues of cable first appearance, which I actually bought for like 50 cents back in 2000. So I'm happy there. Uh, or Deadpool, there's not much. I Yeah, I specifically remember going to comic book shops with this girl I was hanging out with back then, and she was just like, uh, I'm buying it. She had like a stack of comics, all issue number ones. And I'm like, do you read those? She's like, no, I'm buying it for my son, who at that time was like a baby. 
like yeah one. like one and she's just like i'm buying this for him i'm gonna board i'm gonna bag and board these things and it's gonna be worth something when he's our age i'm like no it's not no no <laughs> i go look at the stack in your hand and she's like okay i go look at the shelf she's like okay you see how many ones they're producing of all these you know foils and everything they're not gonna be worth anything and those are not they were they were image comics and they're not worth anything no no it's like the ones that are worth money is like i have like the first appearance of gambit the first appearance of jubilee and those aren't even crazy but they're worth a little bit cable and deadpool are like the anomalies from that period that are just like insane money if you have them well yeah the specialty covers uh as adrian is saying in the chat is yeah they're cool they're you know you're it i should say this the covers are worth the comics are worth what people want them to be worth i should say what they're worth to the person that wants to pay for them yes like everything else in life you know this phone this notepad it's worth what it's worth to the, the person that wants to buy it so what I may not think is worth something, you may think is gold. So another man's yeah. garbage is another man's treasure, I think is right. the proper phrase. Yeah, yeah the, the, the main problem with the 90s is everything was overprinted. That's the biggest thing. When you look at the print runs inside the books, like that X-Men one Jim Lee was like over a million copies sold. Remember that one, uh, the X-Force one that was in a special, it had cable on the front cover and it had the tops card in it and it was yeah. in plastic. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you're referencing? That is the one I that's the first appearance of cable, and I have the first printing of it. That yeah. one uh had, had a few reprints, but it wasn't no, I'm thinking New Mutant. New Mutants was the first appearance of cable. X Force okay. one was the we're going to try to sell comics promo yeah, item. Because I was gonna say I have that one, and I don't remember that ever being worth much except maybe a few collectors here or there, you know wanting to buy it but right but yeah it was just overproduced just like i i, I just remember my, my buddy was like oh yeah dude you gotta get this comic don't open it it's gonna be worth zillions i'm like no it's not gonna be worth zillions no but i got it anyway because you know i was a teenager and i was like yeah okay cool right yeah no for the yeah. time at retail it was no it's worth it for that absolutely but you don't buy comics ex- as an investment if you're buying comics as an investment, you're buying Silver Age. You're buying Golden Age and select stuff from the 80s. It's like the only the like I have like the first Pun- Punisher series, like the number ones from all of those. Those aren't worth crap. Now, I want to say that there are some comic alternate covers that are worth a lot of money for some odd reason. And I'm not sure why limited editions. That's why they do smaller print runs. They're comic store exclusives and they're so, but they're sold with that artificial scarcity built in from the beginning. So that's why those alternate covers are like the blank covers that you can take and have the artist sketch their own cover. Those are worth money because they're artificially scarce. They're only printing X amount of copies. I remember there was a comic that I got like a year ago. It was, I think it was, um, it was actually one of those covers. I think you're talking about it was a Garth Ennis's, uh, what was he writing at the time? Oh, Green Lantern. Thank you. Yeah. Green Lantern. Thank you. And it was one of those. I got the book from, cause I was reading Green Lantern. Cause I knew he was back on it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. Cause he's really good at it. I get the comic. I'm like, okay, cool. I read it. It's really good. I, you know, I put it in my, my comic book stash and then i go to the comic book store like a month later and then i see the exact one i have the white you know the white one where he can draw on it with the that special cover 
like 60 bucks. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yep. The guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. It just it shot up in value. I'm like, uh, OK, glad I have it then. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like retailer exclusives. A lot of times those are tied to the number of the, that particular book they get. So the more of a particular book they buy, it makes them eligible for more exclusive books. Or like that stupid limited comic series they did of Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah. From when the last Star Wars movie came out. Like issue one (laughs) was so limited that people were selling it on eBay for a hundred bucks. I was like, it's not even worth that. Right. Yeah, that that's how uh, the Wolverine Origins, the first series was. It that when it first came out was actually just the number one in general was selling out so quick. It was actually worth money. I haven't checked it recently, but that's one from like the mid to to the late 2000s that actually did initially have some buzz and uh, value. But yeah, it's just so much anymore with the collectibles and comics. It's artificial scarcity is what's creating the value, not just not actual demand. Hmm. But anyway, you have anything uh, more to say about this book itself or? Yeah, uh, just. That also, just like the Anita Blake, this at the at the end of it has your vampire sex and your mythos. So you get the vampire lore of the Marvel Universe, how we were talking about like the vampire universe. And it basically explains more of the convoluted Dracula being the first vampire and how it spread and all of that. And it, it, it makes a good read just to get a feel for what vampires are in the Marvel Universe, because like if you get into just the real world myth – it's a little different depending on what part of the world you're in. And this will just help you narrow it down to the Marvel world. So yeah, I'd read that as well to chapter five. And then, yeah, there we have blade the vampire hunter. Everyone thinks of when they think of Marvel Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I guess this goes into, I wonder if they have any, if they would have Anita Blake in here. I didn't No, she's not in this one. This is strictly Marvel characters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hannibal King, who looks a lot like Constantine. We won't talk about that. Deadpool Deathstroke. Uh, Quincy Harker. I, I'd not heard of any of these people. Yeah, but like I said, yeah, they're they're pulling out the deep cuts, and I'm like, this is fantastic. Got your Rachel Van Helsing, who looks a lot like someone else. Hmm, but she came first. 1972, Tomb of Dracula, yep. number three. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then we get your organization of vampire hunters. Sliver Eye. Got a wild and furious chat going on here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they go some organizations here. And yeah. Solomon Kane. Yeah, they've used Solomon Kane quite often in uh, various comics. I remember seeing him. Yeah. And another one around since 73. Yeah. Vampire by night. Yeah. Basically, vampire by night is the vampire version of werewolf by night. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, yeah, this is the Jubilee yeah, that I think was in the X-Men 92, this particular looking one. Yeah. Uh, Vampire Appendix basically just basically had to sum up the book and look things over. It looks like, yeah, just some footnotes and hmm. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a great book if you have any interest in the vampires. 
the vampires is that like the iTunes or the app? Yes. <laughs> then we get some background on apparently just on vampires themselves, which this is Marvel. This is a quality TSR level book as they all have. I mean, looking from the original books that they did moving forward to now, or would they start doing this? Uh, Captain Steven, you're in the chat here. When was the first time that you guys started doing this? Was that four or five years ago, maybe six years ago? I don't know. For now, I'm going to say six, but going from the first book to now, they've moved and increased their quality of these books to outstanding. I mean, yeah, not that they were bad then because it was labor of love by fans, but now it's just like, yeah, they, they got the system down. They've upped their game and it's on point. I you mean, couldn't tell. I mean, if you printed out one of these books and printed out one of the old handbooks up with the same type of level, because I mean, these vary between books. I mean, some people do like the old, old uh, classic Marvel style. Some people do the later, you know, uh, style. You know how they change the style of the handbooks towards the end? Yeah was more uh, graphic novel like compared to just, you know, module like of TSR in the beginning. If you <clears throat> compare them side by side, I probably wouldn't know, be able to tell the difference. No, I mean, they've got the design down and the content as well. I mean, it's you, it fits perfectly in line. Uh, Joe's saying there's a new werewolf by night with a new person that is a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh yeah. so yeah i definitely would go grab these things uh we will put a link up in the show notes uh to the i think it's a google drive that all these are in right yeah now. there's a google drive and then if unless you want to or you can go to the facebook page and find them as well probably be just easier just going to the google drive we'll put a, a link in there because i think yeah. it's a public link and you can yeah it is there. And download until your heart is content to get right. all these books and more. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so I guess that's really going to be this, it this week because we wanted to come back, tell everyone what we're doing. There'll be more shows to come. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Keith will have his laptop fixed and he can join us. So we'll have a nice three-person show because Keith yeah. always has a lot to add to these shows. Yeah. And his presence is uh you know his presence is missed his absence he's uh it's well known because he was uh, a big help in getting this podcast restarted right. after mm -hmm. we kind of you know yeah walked away from it then and i'm like you know what we need to continue and uh thank you rick i appreciate it uh rick was just saying it's good to see the podcast return so yeah i think we should be back i don't know in another couple of weeks i'm gonna go try to push us on a two-week schedule maybe a three-week schedule but maybe i'm going to talk to matt after this is done and we'll decide what we want to do and then we'll i'll email keith and we'll get back and forth on what we want to yeah. do but uh so what was that email address again matt i know you it had is it ready bullpen <laughs> at classicfacerip.com and now that matt's back he can control the email address like the old days so i don't yeah. have to keep asking him matt what are we doing what's going on right <laughs> ClassicFaceRip.com is our website. You can go there and uh, listen to all the past uh, episodes. Go to iTunes. Sorry, Apple Podcasts now. Yeah. They don't call it iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts, find our episode. It's also on Google Podcasts and, and wherever you can find your favorite podcast. You head to our website. We have an RSS feed there for FeedBurner or whatever the hell it is. And you can just cash it into your favorite app. And uh, listen to the show whenever you'd like. We have 22 other previous episodes and more to come. 
So with that said, we're going to head out of here. And uh, this is Vince for Matt saying goodnight, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to the Classic Facebook Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are, opinions. If you'd like to catch up on all the episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or if you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Email us at AskTheDM at TheEvilDM.com. Thank you.